The AFG Group is a full-service marketing and branding agency focused on social media, viral, and guerrilla marketing. This is the AFG Podcast. This is the AFG Podcast. My name is Bradley Anhouse, COO of the AFG Group, along here with Austin, the CEO of the AFG Group. That's how you doing, Austin? Doing good, Brad. All right, well, we got a very interesting show for you. A lot of current events have been going on lately. Uh, first, we're going to start off with our current events segment. We're going to talk about a celebrity with a, I would say, somewhat of a major Twitter failure. Uh, we're going to go on to a coffee giant acquiring a juice company. Uh, we're going to talk about our strategy, about promoted Twitter hashtags and profiles. We have a couple of great mailbag questions, and then we're going to move on to a segment. We're going to change up our last segment a little bit. Rather than just giving you our picks for the week, we're going to give you our good, bad, and the ugly. So each of us will give you our favorite, uh, mediocre, which we thought was pretty bad, and then just our absolute worst. So, ready to get started here? Let's do it. All right, so... For those who don't know already, uh, unfortunately, head coach of the Penn State Nittany Lions, Joe Paterno, was fired yesterday on November 9th in lieu of the sex scandal that is going on at Penn State University. Later that evening, after Paterno was fired on ESPN and CNN, uh, Ashton Kutcher hit Twitter to say this. This was his tweet. I quote, how do you fire Joe Pa, Joe Pa being Joe Paterno? With the hashtag insult and then the hashtag no class, goes on to say, as a Hawkeye fan, I find it in poor taste. Uh, in lieu of that, a major Twitter error on his behalf, would you say so? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> uh, but according to, according to Kutcher, he came back rebuttaled in his blog saying that he did not realized that the firing was due to the scandal and he thought the firing was just due to poor coaching, which I don't really understand how you can... I mean, this this story's been going on, and it was all over the news yesterday. I mean, I don't. Uh, sorry, two days ago. I mean, how do you how do you not know what's going on? Especially with Kutcher, he I know he's an avid sports fan, right? And I don't know the motive behind it. And now I don't even see the point in what he's doing now with letting it, the firm that's handling his tweets now is his own. It's his own firm, nonetheless. Yeah. So obviously, he's still gonna have a say, but I really don't understand. Why he's doing what he's doing. No, neither do I, and it's, uh... Everyone's done it. Everyone makes these faux pas on Twitter, on right. Facebook. He, he, We've all done it. No one's... I mean, I, I've done it. You've done it. I mean, I've had tweets that I regret. I Obviously, I think all he needed to do was delete them. Obviously, you know, everything leaves the digital footprint, so there's really no way of deleting it and leaving it permanently off, but... I mean, his comment was bad, but it wasn't that terrible. It wasn't... I didn't say it, and I wasn't appalled by it. Right, I wasn't appalled by it either. I mean, uh, he did have a rash of Twitter comments coming back to him, calling him an idiot, and other expletives that we're not going to mention on the air. But, I mean, it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, finding it, the word, he, all he said was, I find it in poor taste, referring to the firing of Joe Paterno. I mean, yes, Joe Paterno should have been fired, and there's no doubt about that. And Ashton obviously should have read the news. I mean, it was all over the news that this sex scandal was going on, and that Joe Paterno was going to retire at the end of the year, ended up coming or, out. Or was his response... 
his PR team telling him, oh, you should say you're you're clueless on the situation. You were referring to that's, another thing. That's another one, but I don't understand how you'd be clueless. This was all over the news. When For it, several when days it, when prior it to... The, I mean, when it broke on Tuesday, I, I don't know, did it break on Monday? I believe it actually broke Monday, and then the real stuff came out Tuesday, and it continued Wednesday. I heard still continuing it Sunday, today. but nothing was really out then, but it was really... The details were out by the time he actually tweeted it. Uh, it's... I mean, I... I really don't know what was going through Ashton's mind. Obviously, his PR team picked up the blunder and tried to spin it as best they could. Um, shortly thereafter, like I, like I mentioned before, Ashton did delete the tweet and did come with that rebuttal. He is now permanent. He w- did take a Twitter break. Uh, the latest tweet that he had was his blog post. Uh, but all in all, I think this is. I don't think it's going to help him. I think all he needs to really do. He never really apologized for it either. That, no. that, that should have been his next tweet. Was I apologize? If he, he had a good PR team behind him, they would exactly. have said you come out with a formal apology, not one of my not denying something. Right. One of my pet peeves is it, the whole point of Twitter is to put an entire statement into 140 characters. Don't put a link into your Twitter profile and. Instead of putting the link to his blog post where he where the blog post wasn't even that well written, just come out and say, I apologize. I don't care if your PR team needs to spin it. Then have them spin it on your Twitter and say, I apologize. I did not realize that the tweet that Joe Paterno was fired because of the sex scandal. I thought it was for something else. I apologize. I take back my comments. Obviously, the there, there's another was, way to say that. In the whole sh- thing was just handled poorly and... I guess we'll, now people's main concerns is what is he going to do? Now you don't know. Who, he's noted for being an avid social media goer. Right. And now that you don't know which is going to be who's going who's gonna to be tweeting what, you'll never know. So is he going to lose cloud? Is he going to lose this, that? Is he going to lose his influence? I think my I think the main thing is, my question is, what's uh, Two and a Half Men going to do? I mean, they fired Charlie Sheen for some stupid comments. I mean, this was a stupid comment, too. I think he's safe. On uh, I, I think he's safe too, but I think it's I think it's hypocritical by CBS. Moving forward, though, um, next we're going to talk about this. Actually, just went down today. They closed uh, Starbucks. Recently, just acquired Evolution Fresh, a juice company. They're breaking into a new field here. They paid thirty million dollars cash for this California-based juice company. So, what do you think uh, their motives are behind here? Uh, I think their biggest motive is since they're already the key player in the coffee industry. You know, they, they revolutionized the market for coffee, being the first company to really create a lounge environment and a social environment around coffee. Making it a premium thing. Right. You, don't, you go into Starbucks, you're paying $4. Right. Opposed you, you to know, you're, a dollar for Exactly. Uh, I think what they're really trying to do is just expand their competition. And I think their main competition right now is all, they're moving on and they want to compete with Jamba Juice. Jamba Juice is the, is the key player in the juice slash smoothie industry. I think Starbucks wants to Try and uh, give it a whirl. <laughs> They've got <laughs> enough money to do so for only $30 million. I mean, that's that's not going to make a dent in their bottom line. No, not at all. Their balance sheets are barely going to shake. Do you think it's a smart move on their part? Because after the recession hit, Starbucks business itself took a big a big dive. They closed tons of thousands of stores. Not thousands. They've closed a couple hundred stores yep. because business was bad, because people would rather pay a dollar for a cup of coffee at McDonald's as opposed to... Four fifty at Starbucks, is breaking into this kind of a way to counteract it, or is it a stupid move? 
I, I think they're not focusing on their core business. I think it's a decent way to do it. I think what they're trying. I mean, it's they're opening the new stores, which is a great idea. You know, you don't want to you don't want to combine the two. You don't want to have a juice store at, inside a coffee store because that defeats the purpose of it. And I I think it's I think it can be successful. I think um, if it's done right, if they actually implement it right, we got to see how they're going to actually do it. Right. No, I, I think Schultz, the CEO of uh, Starbucks, I think Schultz is going to do a great job. He, they brought him back after the after Starbucks declined during the recession, brought and the, he rose their revenue nine point three percent to eleven point seven billion, uh, when year ending October second of twenty eleven. Uh, I think sh- if anyone can do it, I think it's Schultz. I mean, Schultz is the one. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think Schultz is the one. If anyone can do this, it is Schultz. He's got a good head on his shoulder. He's definitely taking Starbucks in the right div- direction. And he's definitely going to... He wouldn't have done the move if he didn't have the right motives behind the play. Absolutely. I, like I said, it, I'm gonna, I'll mean, i repeat, and I think if anyone can do it and make a competition against Jamba Juice, I think Howard Schultz is the man to do it. All right, moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about our strategy. Um, recently, I've been on Twitter... And sometimes I use the Twitter platform uh, TweetDeck. Other times I use Twitter.com. My main issue with Twitter.com that I have seen lately, and I've tweeted about it too. Uh, if you like, my Twitter is at, uh, at Bradigan7789. I've tweeted about this before. That I cannot stand the promoted uh, Twitter handles and the promoted tweets. I cannot stand them. I remember once, they once promoted to me I mean, I kind of see it as suggested Twitter profiles to follow, but they recommended me Gillette Venus, a woman's razor. Why would I want to follow that? Maybe you want to get in touch with your feminine side? No, thank you. (laughs) But, I mean, uh, what we found out was we believe it costs about $150,000 a day for a promoted uh, Twitter hashtag. Or the tweet. That's a lot of money. That's a lot. Of, that's six. Be, that's a salary for most for the middle class. And also, it's really social media is kind of geared towards a more cost-effective way right. of marketing. The whole and point of is fifty thousand dollars for a day, and it's like the Super Bowl commercials of social media paying one hundred fifty thousand. And the thing is, that. I mean, half the time, uh, depending on what you're doing, obviously, if you click it, you know, you click the hashtag and you're bored, you can see who's behind it. And sometimes they're decent, but half the time I don't even know what the promoted hashtag is for. And I, I rarely use it. I mean, I play hashtag games a lot on Twitter when I get bored. But, I, I mean, it's a lot of them are pointless. I mean, there was one for uh, burrito with two O's, and I think we thought it was uh, Chipotle. <laughs> so, I mean, it it's, seems pointless to me, in my opinion. And I think, I mean, I think the, Twitter, the promoted Twitter profiles are even worse. Of those, forget about it. I mean, I've been promoted Phoenix University, and I, I graduated. I, I don't need to go to an online college. I don't want to follow. I don't want to follow the University of Phoenix. I don't want to follow Gillette Venus. If you're gonna promote it, then find your demographics. Do what Facebook does. Yeah. Base I it just, off your tweets. Okay. Uh, we we have something here. I just went on to. I use Hootsuite, which is a third-party applicant, and for one of my other companies a detailing-based company, full-service boating company, I got an offer for Verizon Wireless's Droid Razor. And, which, which, absolutely... that, and that was the promoted hashtag for today, just letting you know. This has nothing to do with the feed that it's showing up on. The feed that it's showing up on is based on brokering, concierge services, and detailing this services is for boating. in the maritime This industry. is for boating. I got Verizon Wireless here. That 
is absolutely pointless, and it only interrupts my feed, and I'm obviously skipping over it. The only reason I looked at it was because of the fact that I mean, I'm making a it, point. It would make sense if they had the similar if they had a similar platform that Facebook had that they suggested it. And you could go by demographics, and let's say a tweet comes up, you know, you tweet something, and then it can show you promoted hashtags or promoted profiles based on your tweets. I mean, I tweet about sports, I tweet about politics. You know, promote Mitt Romney for me. <laughs> promote the New York Mets for me. Don't promote a woman's razor when I'm a... You know, when I'm a mid-twenties male. <laughs> so our takeaway on this whole concept is we don't feel it's a, st- a smart marketing move for anyone M- because they're untargeted. It's not impactful because half the time you're getting overlooked because, yeah, you're showing up first. You're showing on the feed, top of the feed. You're showing up first on the hashtags. But you're not – what's your click-through rate? What's your actual impact rate on this? And I don't think it's very high because most I want to try and we'll, – we'll try and get some numbers for you. And uh, if we can, we'll add, some, we'll add something to our uh, Facebook page. All right. Moving on, we're going to move on to our – We've got some uh, excellent mailbag questions. Uh, this one comes from Greg in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, he is asking, what is Bud Light Platinum? That, that was his question, and it's a very interesting question. Uh, I saw an article on Bud Light Platinum I believe, a day or, day or two ago, and essentially what Anheuser-Busch is trying to do is – According to the article, trying to compete with craft breweries, which in my mind is, I'm blown away by them even attempting. I well, mean, they're, they're, Brad, Brad and I are avid craft drinkers. We go to a special beer distributor just to get we, our. We beer. have we have our guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, if I were ever to say, walk into this distributor that we go to, and the Bud Light Platinum is next to, let's say, Razorfit, Razorfish, right? I wouldn't say. No, are you kidding me? I would go with the Razorfish or the Arrogant Ale over this Bud Light Platinum because at the end of the day, Bud Light's a generic beer. It's not brewed in small batches. It's which, if anyone's looking to try a very good beer, uh, we tried this uh, Prohibition Ale, which was fantastic. That's a 10 in my book. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully we'll get some uh, props for using their name. <laughs> uh, but the main difference that I'm reading right now between Bud Light, the new proposed Bud Light Platinum and the normal Bud Light is Bud Light Platinum is going to contain 6% alcohol by volume. That's compared to the 4.2% that's currently in Bud Light. And Bud Light Platinum will contain 137 calories. That's 27 more calories than Bud Light currently has. So what they're trying to go with is a more... They're calling this a full-bodied beer with more alcohol. And I I guess putting full-bodied in the same sentence as Bud Light is something to laugh about. (laughs) Yeah, because I see Bud Light and I think I go back to my uh, frat house days. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) The whole point of Bud Light is that it goes down smooth. You can chug it. Uh, Sorry, Mom and Dad. (laughs) But, I mean, that's the point of Bud Light. I mean, you you shotgun a Bud Light. You don't want to... You don't sit at a game and enjoy a Bud Light. You drink Bud Light to get a little bit of a buzz... You know, get a nice, you know... Or if you're looking for something cost-effective. Right. If if I want to sit down and relax, I'm going to have a Sam Adams. I mean, that's the lowest I'll go to sit down and relax and have a beer. Exactly. And so the takeaway on this, Greg, is it's their attempt to try to break into a new niche as they're trying to rebuild their business. I think we're both in agreement that it's probably going to fail miserably. Oh, hands down. Okay. (laughs) As long as we're in agreement on that. But Select would almost be better as a fit for a craft beer. 
But <laughs> moving on. All right. Um, for those of you who watched the GOP debate, if you follow me on Twitter again, at Bradigan7789, uh, you saw one of the worst gaffes, I'd say, up there in debate history. Uh, Rick Perry, for those who saw, are probably laughing hysterically right now. And what happened was, is Rick Perry was talking about balancing the federal deficit and wanted to, and mentioned that he wanted to cut three programs. He started off by saying he wanted to cut uh, Department of Commerce, Department of Education, and stutter trying to come up with a third one. Looking at Ron Paul, <laughs> saying, uh, 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 I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a registered Republican. Uh, I'm pro- now not voting for Rick Perry. Wasn't planning on it. But when you don't know what three, bu- three things you want to cut, how, how are you supposed to do it? You go by the seat of your pants? Right. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, what, basically, so what happened was is he continues, goes on. They at, he, uh, Ron Paul ends up mentioning the EPA. Rick Perry jokingly says, yes, the EPA. Comes back later, says, I can't mention the third. I don't remember the third one. Oops. Fifteen minutes later, comes back and says it was the Department of Energy that he wanted to cut. <laughs> so Jeff, in New, from Jeff from New York wants to know, how will this affect his campaign and how are other candidates in the GOP primaries going to use this against him? I th- I, and I think it's an excellent question, and I think a lot of the candidates, I think, uh, you know, mostly, I think it's going to be Mitt Romney and Newt Gingrich who end up using this to their advantage to say, uh, I think they're going to use this in their campaign ads, and how can you elect a man who doesn't know what he wants to cut if he can't say it in a debate, how are you supposed to implement it when you become president in, say, January of 2013. Well, that's an indication of his ability to make decisions, that's what I think, and I think most people who watched it, I know it's early stages in the debate, I mean, in this whole election process, are going to kind of get a hint that maybe he doesn't have a good head on his shoulders and maybe putting him in there is not the best option. But in terms of marketing for the campaign... I don't think it's a good sign because no, it's, it's very not a early. Good sign. Right now, there's so much controversy over I mean, this. If you saw the tweets scrolling across the bottom, uh, there were a couple of tweets that basically gave him grades of Fs. You know, throughout the debate, uh, one went as far to say he had a grade of incomplete, and I mean his his poll ratings are going to drop significantly because of this. And I think it's gonna. I think he's gonna be one of the first eliminated out of the primaries. Him or Kane? <laughs> well, I, I, I honestly, I think Kane looks better after this. <laughs> yeah, it almost hides up his smoking blunder. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Anyway, if you'd like to send us a question to be posted to be in our mailbag segment, please feel free to email us. Our email address is theafggroup at gmail dot com. You can tweet us at the AFG Group, or you can like find us on Facebook, facebook dot com slash theafggroup. Please feel free to send us your questions, and we'll be be happy to look them over. And if they're we feel that they're good enough, we will certainly go ahead and answer them on the air. So we're going to move on now to our good, bad, and the ugly segment, and we're going to start with our good segment. Uh, my good for today, I'm going to go with the Xerox commercials. Uh, I love these Xerox commercials. These Xerox commercials, what they are is they show these companies uh, doing what they do best. Uh, Ducati has one, the New York Mets have one, and their latest one is Michelin. And what it shows is it has a play on the current company's ads where the Michelin tire guy is throwing tires at the at the monster gas pump and the two <laughs> Xerox people come along saying you need to do your accounts receivables and they say 
Michelin has better things to do. That's why they hire Xerox to run their to run the, that aspect of their business. I think it's an excellent campaign. I think it shows exactly what Xerox does, that Xerox does more than just copy. You know, they can help you on the accounting side. They can help you on the copy side. They can help you sell, they can sell products to you that will benefit your business and will shorten the bottom line of your company. Uh, great job by Xerox on these commercials. Keep it up, guys. For my good, I chose Mentos's new gum up to you. Every time I see this commercial, I just get a big fat grin on my face because it just laughs. The guy's sitting there, and he's got the pack of gum, which includes two flavors per pack of gum, and he's going, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a tiger by his toe. And afterwards, you see a tiger pop up, and he goes, am I really going to have to holler? And just seeing the visualization of something that you've heard from the time you're, what, four years old, been saying, that you even say to this, the fact that the guy's, like, 30 years old, Makes it even funnier. Don't, don't forget, sorry to interrupt, but don't forget the woman running in the background away from the tiger. <laughs> hey, that too. It just, it, it's just a funny way to look at gum because there's so much competition. You know, Orbit's got the dirty mouths and whatnot, but I just, I laugh. I'm a hard critic. It's hard to get me to laugh and pay attention to a commercial, let alone because I'm so inundated with it. I just like it. It's funny, it's different, and it bases off of childhood memories. Um, moving on to my bad, I'm going to have to go with the Aflac commercials. I watch CNBC all day long. It's just what's playing on my TV while I'm working. You lost the remote. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing. I lost the remote. I like that channel. <laughs> they have, they play the Aflac commercials so much. Every commercial break that they take every five minutes, by the way, is this Aflac commercial with the major Met Y. You need like two different things or whatever, and they got this pigeon going head-to-head with the the Aflac duck there, and there's a kid and his f- a father and son, and it's just obnoxious. They start rapping into this whole thing, and it's it annoy- it irks me. Every time I see it, I have to hit the mute button, the Healy button, as it's dubbed in my house. Whoa. <laughs> All right, so my bad is uh, from an ad that I saw in Ad Age on the inside cover uh, from Kleenex, Kleenex uh, bath tissues. And what the ad shows is it's a box of tissues. Underneath it says, we appreciate your business. Uh, And essentially it said, please stop calling tissues by the name Kleenex. Uh, If you need to refer to us, please refer to us as Kleenex Bath Tissues Trademark. (laughs) That that just blew my mind. Uh, I can't tell you how many other products out there that we don't call it by the actual product name, but we call it by the brand name. Kleenex should be honored that we call tissues Kleenexes. When I mean, I don't. I say I need to grab a tissue, but I know plenty of people that will say, can I have a Kleenex? I mean, I have a box of Kleenex in my room right now, and I think it's just, I think it's beyond me, the fact that Kleenex won't appreciate the fact that their name has become associated with the tissue. And the only other way to get a tissue is if you're going to get the store brand. I mean, Q-tips are one. Uh, people do it with Xerox all the time, too. When you say you need to make a copy, you make a Xerox. I, I think Kleenex needs to acknowledge the fact that they are such a large brand and not try and change what's been going on for, I'd say, at least 10 years. And accept, that, accept the fact that bath tissues will forever be called Kleenex. Moving on, uh, now we're going to go to our ugly segment, some just flat-out horrible ads that we've seen lately. 
Uh, My Ugly is currently rated as the, let's take a look here, I believe it's the fourth fourth ad or fifth ad on the latest viral video charts on Ad Age. It is the fourth. And it's a three and a half minute video from Hot Pockets. And it is this weird dad walking around his house spying on his kids, acting as they're in the wild. He's clearly in the backyard and in the living room. And the ad just makes absolutely no sense. It shows uh, teenagers as a bunch of degenerates, which, I mean, some are, some aren't. (laughs) But I just, Hot Pockets went the complete wrong way with this. Uh, They're Hot Pocket shooters, the small little ones with the hamburger and with the cheeseburger and the the buffalo chicken. Those were decent ads. But this viral is just, it's god-awful, and it needs to be taken off the viral video charts. Um, come up with something else, please, Hot Pockets. My Ugly, you've probably seen it's a mainstream commercial, is the second round of Fiat commercials with Jennifer Lopez. You find Jennifer Lopez driving through an urban neighborhood, and let alone, first, she would never be caught in this car. You can at least see Derek Jeter driving a Mustang, for, first, for starters. Then she gets out and starts dancing and gallivanting around with these with the individuals in the city and i don't know it just it irks me every time i see it and it does more branding for her than the fiat because if you look at their sales their sales are not that good since they brought her on and i don't know it just every time i see it i want to throw the remote against the tv and i'm not an angry person at all (laughs) but um that's going to do it for us this week here at the AFG Podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, want to hear something, remember you can reach us at theafggroup at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at theafggroup. Or you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash theafggroup. Our intro music comes courtesy of the band The Sliders. You can find their album City by the Sound on iTunes today. Till next week, take care. Have a good night, guys.